What is up, ball boys, ball girls, ball people, all alike? It's your host, Jay. With me today on Ball Boy Talk, the Unhinged Sports Show, is my co-host, A-Aaron. A-Aaron, say something to the people. What's up? Today on Ball Boy Talk, we're going to talk our Super Bowl reactions. We're going to get into Derek Carr's contract, some quarterback movement, and possibly some mixed martial arts action in recent history. So, Brother, I have to ask you, are you ready to let your hair down and get unhinged? Let's do it. Let's get it. Thank you to our live in-studio audience for giving it up for us. Aaron, the Super Bowl just ended. It's February 12th. We're here live in the studio. Give me your reactions from that Super Bowl game. Your thoughts, your takes. Anything and everything. Uh, it was a great game. Awesome game. Both teams went out and competed very well. Um, unfortunate, officiating is still a, a problem. Still a deciding factor. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, yep. Best we can do is look forward to next season. Yep, that's true. Uh, just a couple you know, things to take away from the whole Super Bowl experience as a whole. A couple of my issues with the Super Bowl as a whole was the was first when Dak Prescott received his Walter Payton Man of the Year award. He was booed. He was booed. Which, I don't care if you hate the Cowboys. I don't care if you don't like Dak Prescott, the player. But you have to love what Dak Prescott stands for, his foundation, when it comes to suicide awareness, men's mental health, cancer, everything. The man met Dak Prescott. Awesome dude. Hence why he won the NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year. But then he got booed for receiving it at the Super Bowl. Like, that's just disrespectful to me. To the award, to all the people he helped and is still helping and will help, people that are working within his foundation, and just everyone talked about him involved with Dak Prescott that knows him on a personal level. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, it just shows you how well Eagles fans travel. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. They do travel very mean, well. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but, you know, it, it's kind of hard when you hate somebody all season. That's true. I mean, when it's a division rival, I mean, it makes sense as to why it's just unfortunate the next thing that was interesting that caught my attention and a lot of people's attention was Nick Sirianni. If you didn't catch it or you haven't seen it by now, was that him crying during the national anthem, whether he loves America or not. What'd you think about this? Also, Jason Kelsey was also shedding tears during Chris Stapleton's uh, performance of the national anthem. Uh, yeah, man. I, I think it's just a big moment. You know, it's just a, uh... I know for uh, Sirianni, he was he was telling uh, reporters that you know it's it's been something a long time coming. You know, it's something he's visualized himself doing. So this has got to be something huge for you know not just them, but everyone in that stadium. You know, that's that's playing and putting their 
their careers on the line and, you know, trying to go out and win their, their championship and accomplish what they all want to do. 100%. I just thought it was really cool that he didn't hold it back. Like, he let it go. Like, he knew he was going to be on national TV. He knew he would have cameras on him. And he just was vulnerable, you know, just on the national screen. I thought that was really cool from, like, just a human perspective, that part of it. Because at the end of the day, like, all these guys, these coaches, they're humans, they're dudes. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, next, the halftime show. Queen Rihanna. Um, your thoughts on this halftime show? Good show, good show. How it, how it compares to last year's? Not sure, but you know, good show. Yeah, definitely. Last year, Dr. Dre, Eminem set the bar super high for every other halftime show. But you compare it; she did the Super Bowl performance completely on her own, no other guests, and come to find out, she was pregnant. Which, again, pretty cool. Um, doing a Super Bowl halftime show. We were talking about it during the halftime performance back and forth. Just, you know, she looks pregnant, definitely pregnant, not pregnant. We even you had an over-under going. <laughs> yeah, over-under. She looked like she was going to fall. You know, the whole performance platforms and everything definitely looked like an ocean violation. Yeah. There's no no security harness in place. <laughs> yeah, like what was the plan? Like I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's something we didn't see. There's some kind of safety. There's got to be probably like a wire or something. Yeah, there's there's no way. I mean, she's she's an asset to so many companies, so I'm sure they're not going to just let her go out there and No, and then the weirdest thing about the halftime show was that it was sponsored by Apple Music and not Pepsi. Which was a confusing, because why, why? But yeah, and then the game itself, the Chiefs ended up winning. It was a great game. It was a ton of back and forth. The game was really decided by two plays. You know, the Jalen Hurts fumble in the second quarter that the Chiefs scooped and scored. Second was the holding. I'll put that in big fat air quotes was the holding call that was called late in the fourth quarter that ultimately gave the Chiefs the lead and set them up to kick the game-winning field goal. So any anything else from the Super Bowl that you want to add, officiating, anything? Uh, yeah, uh, just the fact, and this is coming from a Charger fan, but Patrick Mahomes is a dog, you know, to go out there with an injured ankle, aggravate it during the game, come back, fight through it, lead your team to a win, that's huge, man. That's a that's who you want under center. One hundred percent. I mean, let's talk about Mahomes and the Chiefs for a moment and the NFC West. I mean, it was expected to be a bloodbath. You have Mahomes, Herbert taking a step forward in your three, um, Russell Wilson coming in, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, just stacked division, stacked edge rushers, stacked defenses, as everyone has playmakers on both sides of the ball. It didn't turn out that way, where it really came down to the Chiefs being the Chiefs, minus Tyreek Hill. Like, where does this put Mahomes? Five straight AFC championships since becoming a starter, two Super Bowls, two MVPs. Um, I'm not sure if he won the Super Bowl MVP tonight. I'll look that up. But where does this leave the Chiefs and the Chiefs dynasty? Uh, You know, it's... 
they're they're definitely the next powerhouse. You know, growing up, we got to see Tom Brady and the Patriots uh, coming off the tail end of the Steelers. Had a lot of runs. Um, I think these guys are the next juggernaut for the next, you know, five, maybe six years. They have to be. And it is confirmed Patrick Mahomes did win the Super Bowl MVP. So he joined some pretty elite company with that, with a Super Bowl ring, Super Bowl MVP, and a regular season MVP. I think he's one of only like three players to do that now. Also, can we please talk about Isaiah Pacheco? Oh my goodness, yes. This well, kid let's spend, let's spend one more moment on run. Dude was dude was twitchy. We can drop Patrick Mahomes, you know, all the accolades. He's probably already a Hall of Famer. Um and he still has like eight years on his contract. Um that's paying him half a billion dollars, which is well worth it now. But yeah, Isaiah Pacheco and Jared McKinnon, but especially Pacheco. Pacheco was so great all game long. Like he was he was fast, he was twitchy. He got hit a couple of times really big. One time left the game, came right back in, broke off another huge run, got leveled again, and he stayed in the game. Like that's grit for a rookie running back. Yeah, I I, I think they definitely scored huge on this guy. Um you know, coming into the season, they had uh, Edward Tolaire and him, you know, switching off. And it just seemed like you, you pointed this out earlier, but, um, you know, he was nowhere to be found. Not sure if there's something else behind that, but it seems like it's mostly McKinnon and, and Pacheco. So, you know, how long they stick with that duo, I don't know, but it's it seems to be working out great. Yeah, I mean, that duo just opens up so many options for the Chiefs offense between passing, running, Breakaway plays, you know, it helps Mahomes, helps the offense move. Like, Pacheco was moving the chains. Like, he was getting chunk plays, good, like, three, four, five-yard runs consistently during the Super Bowl. And he was, like, he was fast. He was elusive. No one could touch him. Like, he was breaking tackles. He's so small, but he was breaking tackles at the line of scrimmage. Like, it was overall yeah. just... These these guys are both speedsters, and, and you know, they provide that... Uh... You know that that safety check down during the in the passing game. You know they're they're going to provide that quick spark running on first and second down. But you know Pacheco, it it just seems like he has it even enough for third down. You know he's also a power back. He's not just speed. You know, and, yeah. and he seems special, and I can't wait to see what he he comes back and does. You know, his second year in. Facts. Another guy that was huge for the Chiefs during this game was Kadarius Tony who they traded for at the trade deadline from the Giants because he was just disgruntled. He didn't want to be there. You know, he's, he was a rookie. Um, just another young guy. Maybe he's a second-year player. One of the two, but he just was like, nah, nah, I don't want to be here. He was like... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a rookie, but um, he's... <laughs> there was a lot of, a lot of trades this, this season during the deadline or right before the deadline. It just absolutely blew my mind. Like, I never thought they would happen. Uh, CMC... Going to the 49ers, completing their their uh, infinity stones, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> Just dude. looking for their healthy quarterback, um, which but... they had too. I mean, if Brock Purdy doesn't win, doesn't hurt his elbow in the a- NFC Championship, it's probably a Mahomes Purdy Super Bowl. Oh yeah, no, I definitely for sure. I, I think they're playing tonight. But yeah, 
yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of um, football next year is already looking interesting. We've barely capped off the season. Yeah, we just kept off the season. So now let's look at some of the interesting storylines already developing. Um, Tom Brady retired. J.J. Watt retired. So off to sunset for those guys. Um, Brady officially filed his paperwork, so he's gone. We cannot ever talk about Brady again unless when he gets compared to Mahomes, which he's going to be for the rest of his career. Um, poor Patrick Mahomes. Um, but also good for him because he's in that kind of elite company where he's compared to none other than the – the goat Tom Brady. So, um, yeah, dude, couple... and you know what? There, there's, there's a, there's something to be said about that. You know, he's he's still very young. You know, he's still got so young. If he even you know plays close to the age that that Brady played up to, I, <laughs> I for sure think he surpasses all those records. You know, yeah, and they're high. Is... They're up there. They're... He's twenty seven. He's 27 years old, and he has, let me see here, how many more years on this contract does he have? He signed it during the 2020 offseason, so now 2021, 2022, 2023, he has seven more years on this contract. Um, oh no, his deal ends in 2032, so it's at the age of 37. So when this contract is all up at the age of 37, how many more Super Bowl does he get? Uh, I don't know, but you know, this, goes back, this goes back to something we are talking about during the game. Um, if Biennemi gets the spot once Andy Reid vacates... He has to. It does, it does they, not make any sense. <laughs> they, this whole time, they've been just putting on a charade. You know, Biennemi's never had any intention of leaving, which I think so. It makes sense. You know, these past couple off seasons, he's met with teams and taken on meetings, but nothing's ever been solid. And yeah, I, I've got to think they they put in, you know, his head that he's going to be the contingency plan once once Reed's out of there. Oh yeah, I mean Andy Reed. They asked him post game today. Um, you know, um, what's his name? Asked him right away saying um also oh, what's your plan are you retiring he's like no i'm not retiring he was just happy i mean he's in the moment you can't expect a coach who just won a super bowl to you know say oh yeah i'm retiring how that you know set in stone because he doesn't know but he's 64 you see him moving around he doesn't move the same all time he's a 268 151 and 154 and one head coach like all time playoffs, regular season, <laughs> insane. Um, I don't even know how many Super Bowls he has now. But there was a retirement rumor, which is kind of the first offseason headline we can jump jump over to. Um, what what happens here? Like you mentioned, it's going to be Eric Bieniemy who takes over here because there's no way he leaves when you're the most wanted. Head coaching candidate. I mean, we saw with with um, who was it? Frank Reich, or um, you know Sean Payton. When you're like the guy that everyone wants, you can take as long as you want to pick a new team. Yeah, I mean, I just what he's done with this this Chiefs team. You know, he's been a part of all of their Super Bowl runs. You know, very he's been a recently. part of everything here. Yeah, he's he's definitely that, helped build that house. So, 
Oh, I yeah. mean, it's it's only right. It only makes sense for him to continue that legacy and and you know for as long as with he Mahomes. wants. Exactly. It's very similar to Seattle with Pete Carroll. You know, it's very similar here. Two very similar coaches, just great coaches, just great minds, winning records, lots of division championships, just tons of playoff experience, tons of playoff appearances between the two of them. Just phenomenal. And pretty much the Chiefs are like, whenever you're done, you let us know. But you you have your job. Your job is safe. Like, he could go 0-18 next year, and he would still have his job the next year. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's um, it's scary <laughs> as, a, as a Chargers fan, you know, it's, to think that, that that's a, a dynasty already formed. You know, and, and they've already got all the, the parts working and moving. You know, we're we're still trying to figure things out. Uh the Raiders still trying to figure things out. Uh Broncos seem to have a handle on things, but again are still figuring things out. They look like they're the front runner for you know, a very long time, a good while. You know, yeah, and that's, no, the, it's not just our division, it's the whole AFC. The so, AFC is a Chiefs to lose as yeah. long as Andy Reid and Andy Reid is the head coach. Andy Bannemi is the offensive coordinator, and Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. Yeah, so doesn't I mean, matter who else is there. Does not matter because Mahomes, best quarterback in the NFL, is going to figure it out with no matter what weapons he has. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, shifting over to something else that's in this this um, same division is, uh, you know, the whole. Behind the the Raiders situation, oh you know, what's, what do you There's what do you so think's much... going on there? What do you yeah, think they do this, this, in this next it couple is months? Fucking insane! What's going on with the Raiders? They are a shit show. So, like my my stance on it earlier, um, do you pay him out, right, and and release him, or do you say no? Fuck that! We'll pay you, but you're gonna sit on the bench and rot away. <laughs> Yeah, so if you so don't know who the if you don't know the who the him why... we're talking about is is Derek Carr, because Derek Carr earlier today said, yeah, nah, I'm not accepting a trade to any team because he has a full no trade clause in his, in his contract. So basically, the situation how it's unfolding is that Derek Carr has been allowed to meet with teams. However, however, the Raiders and Team B have to agree on compensation prior to him meeting with them. And then if he likes a spot, he tells the Raiders, hey, trade me here. I'll, I'll waive my no trade. Deal gets done. Everything's kind of there. A lot of tampering, it seems, almost. But it's legal because of the situation, I guess. And Derek Carr is under contract for two more years with a $40.4 million guarantee in guaranteed money come the 15th of February. Yeah, and you know, very. I think I want to say like a couple hours ago, maybe or even before the game, um, they there was a report that came out that said that he's not going to accept any trade, nope. any trade offer. So, I mean, if that's been if that's the case, you know, that's correct. I can see them going through. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but you know, the whole Marcus Allen thing. You know, they 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 kept him on the bench and and just ruined his career because of something that happened off the field. You know, I'm not sure if what the bad blood is between him and, and the, the Raiders organization, but I can definitely see them. You know, they're going to have to pay him the money no matter what. 
True. You know, if if, if True. he's not going to accept the trade and they're stuck with him, they're going to shell out the money. So, you know, we might as well waste. You you could say these are his last two or three prime years in his his career. You know, if he doesn't get it done within these next few years, I don't see it happening. Yeah, no, I agree. And there's plenty of quarterback needing teams. The the Saints, the Texans, the um, the Panthers, the Buccaneers. Like, there's four or five teams out there. But I think part of this is that he wants to make the Raiders pay him. You know, for that guarantee to kick in, make them pay him, pay him out. And then kind of, you know, say, ha you're paying me and you're going to sell me for less because I'm not going to take this trade because I just don't want to and I don't have to. So he's definitely playing the Raiders. He definitely shot through some shade on him during the Pro Bowl. I don't know if you saw that during the skills competition when he was yeah. like super hot. He's like, well, if I was you know hot like that, maybe you know I wouldn't be looking for a new team. Straight shade toward the Raiders organization, and you know the Gruden saga, just everything, just with that. The new stadium, everything since they moved to Vegas has just been not pretty. Yeah, and you know, it, there's something to be said about um, you know not even a month after his whole um, situation going on and all that um, turmoil there that Devontae Adams posts something on social media with uh, Aaron Rodgers in Vegas, kind of insinuating like, hey, look at this guy. <laughs> you know, right. let's, let's let's get him. You know, so and, let's and take a look at this dude over here, a three-time MVP real quick. Their, their whole storyline going into the season is, oh, you know, the college teammates are reunited, the brotherhood, and, you know, it's like. Which at times well, it looked really good. It looked really, yeah, looked no, for really sure. good between Carr and Devontae. But at the same time, like. Yes, they could go out and they could put up freaking car could throw for 300 and 150 and Adams could catch 150 and two touchdowns, but there wasn't anything else to that team. Max well, Crosby is great on I the mean, defensive side, but... I don't know about that. Josh Jacobs was the number one rusher in the... In oh, the yeah. Year, well, so. between Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, they had a good offense, but they didn't have no Darren Waller. You know, outside of that, I mean, they were giving up so many points defensively because they had just... I want on defense, really. Yeah, and they they've still got that uh that that Raider curse, man. They they always seem to find a way to to penalize themselves in a game. It's not even a curse know. at this point. It's more of a stink. <laughs> it's their, stink. their whole their whole culture. <laughs> yeah, Raiders dude, culture. it's bad. But, but you just you mentioned know, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he did you see that he was doing like a freaking um dark um like a dark getaway or something um he was doing like a four-day dark retreat i'm not sure what that is so he's doing a four-day darkness retreat starting tomorrow monday for four days with the hopes of gaining clarity um and Basically, he's going to sit alone in the dark for four days. Seriously, nothing else. He's going to eat, sleep, sit in the dark for four days. 
probably take all those mushrooms and things he takes, psychedelics, um, you know, probably just trip out for four days in a dark room. <laughs> um, by the Dude. end of it, he's <laughs> going to know what he wants to do, whether retire, stay with the Packers, or be traded, and where he wants to be traded to. Um, just very weird. Very, very weird. <laughs> Where are you at on this? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not too sure about, um, you know, his his whole this whole retreat. I haven't heard anything about that, but you know, I I think he's still got a good amount of football left in him. You know, enough to give a franchise uh, a good shot. You know, at a run if they have the right pieces in place. But you know, it, it would be exciting to see him. You know, as a Raider. I know, you know, he played his college ball at Cal. You know, he's, he's, I remember them saying something about he was a Bay Area faithful. You know, he wanted to, to stay there. And, um, you know, they, the 49ers passed on him. Raiders weren't there to pick him up, you True. know, too late. So, you know, it never happened. But, you know, I definitely see him fitting in that model. You know, I, I could see him yeah. landing there. But also... This is my unpopular take, and I told you this earlier. I believe the Raiders go after Garoppolo, which because he's going to be so cheap. No, I mean, yes and no. With I mean, with Aaron Rodgers' rumors, it's crazy because like he could literally be following the exact same Brett Favre path with how long he played for the, the Packers. Jordan Love sitting behind him for so many years. He could be moving to the Jets, you know, with tons of young talent coming out of that roster. Zach Wilson, a bust. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers goes there, helps Zach Wilson figure a couple things out, gives him some psychedelics and help him, you know, grow some hair on his chin or something. Um, but no, Jimmy Garoppolo is interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo is so interesting because a lot of teams could use him as a starter. Like all the starter needing teams could use him as a starter, or a good team could use him as a backup. Like, tell me that the um, Chiefs wouldn't mind having Jimmy Garoppolo as their backup quarterback. Yeah, tell me, tell me the 49ers wouldn't have loved to have Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup quarterback. <laughs> bro, <laughs> if he, he was, was nerd. <laughs> bro, he was healthy in that NFC Championship game. But for some reason, he didn't have his helmet. No, he, he didn't suit up at all. I don't think no, he, was, he was suited be, up at all. Because he didn't have his helmet. He had all his other gear, but they didn't bring his helmet. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it, I think he just – it got to a point where, you know, he just sat back and, and accepted that, you know, the Purdy, Purdy caught on real quick. You know, the fan base shifted and, yeah, you know, it seems like Shanahan – is going to run with him, you know, and, oh, yeah. and good on him for it. But, you know, it's it's a real question now. Um, do they continue to move with Purdy? You know, is this surgery huge? Yes, this is. Well, the, the surgery is not full reconstruction. It's not Tommy John surgery like a baseball pitcher would get. It's a stabilizing surgery of those ligaments in the UCL, which means he's, he can be ready for week one, training camp and all that. Um 
However, you also have Trey Lance coming back from his ACL injury on a rookie deal who was a top five pick. So he's getting paid a ton of money. And then you have Mr. Irrelevantly Relevant, who was the last pick of the draft, who I believe those draft picks only get, what, two-year deals? Yeah. And very little money. I want to say it might even be a... But even George Kittle is saying that it's it's his job to lose, Purdy's job to lose. Like the team is behind Brock Purdy. The team wants Brock Purdy. Debo, CMC, George Kittle, those guys want Brock Purdy. Everyone's better with Brock Purdy on that team. The offense runs through Brock Purdy. Granted, Shanahan's a great coach. He could probably make it work with any quarterback. Uh, he could even probably throw Zach Wilson in that system and probably still succeed. I know that's a stretch, but you know, Shanahan's just that good of a coach. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I don't I don't see them moving on from from Lance or Purdy. You know, I think they keep those two bullpenned and then, you know, after this offseason, you know, I think that I, I training camp see, and that I can't and see that, Jimmy G being a forty niner again. No, no, he's gone. I I think he's gone for sure. But those two young guys, I think they're gonna battle it out and you know, iron sharpens iron. I believe that. And then, yeah, you know, once they figure out who their guy is, don't be surprised if next year before the trade deadline, they you know One ship the somebody on the move. Yeah, ship somebody up. Yeah, um, especially if they both look good in preseason action, both look healthy, and then one's healthier and better just during the season. No reason to shift. Yeah, makes sense. But then, so where does Jimmy Garoppolo go? Give me your top. Three landing spots for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'll give you mine. Uh, Raiders, Jets, and Saints. Wow, very different. Um, I have Buccaneers. Uh, I think the Panthers will overpay for him because the Panthers like to do that. Um, and then as a third option, depending on what happens in their quarterback room, unless he doesn't resign, is going to be Seattle. Unless Geno Smith doesn't resign in Seattle um, for Jimmy Garoppolo. Also, what are the what? What's the slim chance that he goes back to Belichick? Oh no! <laughs> what, what's think, what's that chance? I think Belichick is happy with Mac Jones and Bailey's. You think so? I don't know. It he had a, a lackluster season this year. You know, it wasn't which wasn't is fine. The greatest, the sophomore but... slump. That's normal. But a year three progression. I think it depends on his year three progression. Year three is when quarterbacks pop off, like truly pop off. Yeah, you know, and it, it's just a crazy time because you've got the whole uh, Lamar Jackson situation where he ends up affects a lot of this, oh, you know, and, yeah. and he's he's really got, you know, it, it, he can go wherever he wants. I That's think, true. you know, in, in no, my mind, he's, he's definitely the number one quarterback in you know, on the market this, this off season. Yeah. And so before so, we jump into Lamar, let's talk, do the Raiders go after a quarterback or do you think they stick with Stidham? You think they liked what they seen enough to give him a shot and save some money? I definitely think he played very well against the chargers. Uh, that last game of the season, you know, they, they gave, they gave, put trust in him and, and let him start. And he went out and proved why he deserves a shot, you know? And, and, yeah. He did the same thing in New England. When he was with New England, he, he looked great. But 
you know, there's just a lot of other talent that was around that was just a little bit better. True. So I think Stidham, I think Stidham's going to get a shot. I think they're going to try to save some money, cut some costs. Unless Aaron Rodgers works out for them, then, you know, then if Aaron Rodgers doesn't work out, then I think they just move with Stidham and then try to find like a cheap uh, secondary option, like a Baker Mayfield or someone. However, I think Baker stays with the um, Rams as a backup to Matthew Stafford because they need a high quality backup if they want to compete again. Um, and get back to relevance after this last year. But yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson, he, so he's not a free agent. Well, he is a free agent, but the Ravens can franchise tag him, which of course they're going to do. They're going to franchise tag him. They have no other choice. But where is Lamar Jackson playing in 2023, 2024? Uh, you said it earlier, dude. I I think his his landing spot perfect for him would be Tampa Bay. I, I don't. I, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I have not thought about that. That makes because if they tag him, then there's a, they can still work out a deal. Um, they're the ones know, with the wants, best he wants the, draft he wants capital and. And, and you know, they have the ability to make it happen. They have the room to do it. You know, all the rest of these teams, uh, the Saints, the, you know, the, they're... The Saints just had to give up a lot to... Well, no, the Saints just got capital back from the Sean Payton signing with the Broncos deal. Yeah, but, I mean, it's... it's Tampa Bay, in my eyes, is the only place where it's mostly realistic and a good landing spot, like a good... You know, a place with where he weapons, can go and grow. Yeah. yeah. No, and the thing with Lamar Jackson is, so he just played out his full rookie contract. He's 26. He's won an MVP. He's played in a Super Bowl. And the franchise tag is going to cost about $32.4 million for him. They could tag him, get a bunch of, um, get a bunch of money back, or get a bunch of you know, capital back for him. He missed five games in 2022. Um, he missed the wild card game um, because of a grade two PCL sprain in his knee, which was reported that he possibly could have played through. Um, if Jackson plays through the tag in 2023, which I don't think he will play through it, they can tag him, but he's not going to play. He's going to hold out and he's going to just eat that money because of the new rules in place. A player can't really hold out anymore for as long without incurring tons of fines. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's like uh, the whole argument with RG3. You know, it's why is this young kid going to give his, you know, potential future up for an orga- organization that doesn't even want to extend him? Oof, you know, he's yeah, going to go out there and risk, yeah, risk re-injury, you know, potentially end his career if it, yep. you know, gets re-aggravated and, and even worse, you know, tears something, you know, close to it. Yeah, like hurts his PCL even more. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's 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 only smart for him to do what he's doing. You know, and it just speaks to, you know, his his level and and his his character. You know, he's he's sticking to his guns and he doesn't even have an agent, dude. His mom's his agent. So yeah, which is crazy, I mean, but he's looking he's, for Deshaun Watson money. And in my opinion, Lamar Jackson is a much better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. 
just on the PR side, on the playing field, just overall. I mean, Watson hasn't won an MVP. Jackson has. Jackson's been to the playoffs. Watson hasn't. Yet Watson got a $230 million fully guaranteed deal on the back of allegations of sexual misconduct. Um, you know, what the tricky situation here is Jackson could be tagged. He could play on the tag in 2023, get tagged again in 2024, get tagged again in 2025. Then he's 29, almost 30. He's lost all his negotiating negotiation leverage because he just lost prime years. So it's also interesting to note that for the Ravens, they're also letting Jackson as part of all this have um, a say in who the next OC is. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely still a chance that he stays there, you know, if they find a way to mend relationships, but you know, you, you got to think it's, it's in the cards for him to look elsewhere, you know, to find happiness elsewhere. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think I don't think Jackson stays. Um, I think, but if, let's say the Ravens, or not the Ravens, the Buccaneers, let's say they don't get a big-name quarterback. What do they do with Evans and Godwin? Especially Evans, because he, I think, has one year left on his deal. Um, he's that number one talent that teams need to take him to the next level. So let's say they don't get a quarterback. They go with, they move forward with Kyle Trask. They kind of tank, try to get a higher pick in the draft to get a, a better quarterback. Um, where can you see Mike Evans playing next year? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think they go out in free agency or they make a trade happen. I mean, they're built to win now. You know, they, that was their whole thing behind Tom Brady. You know, they made that roster to win now, and it's still win-ready. You know, it's they just got to get the right guy behind them. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, I'm just speculating here. I think that if they don't, I mean, they probably give Kyle Trask a look because he has been sitting behind Brady this whole time. And why not let the kid who Brady was mentoring and see if you have another Jimmy G on your hands? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of moving pieces this offseason, but um, – Quarterback is definitely one that quarterback's you know, to headline. look out for. Yeah, quarterback's the headline, but then it's also worth noting, you know, receivers because receivers have also commanded a ton of headlines the last couple of seasons between money, trades, movement. I mean, Tyreek, Devontae Adams, both got moved, got paid big money. Another guy who could reportedly be on the block or cut is your boy Keenan Allen. Yeah, I absolutely hate this, man. I mean, you know, we end the season on a heartbreak. We go out, we get Kellen Moore, we secure the OC that we're looking for to to boost us into, you know, that Patrick Mahomes-esque, you know, system. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get all the parts together and now it's like, oh, well, we have to restructure because, you know, they're getting ready to pay uh, Justin Herbert plus they're over – they're over the cap, so mm-hmm. you know they're. It just it's so shocking to me. The first name they throw out there, it's oh Keenan Allen, most likely. Yeah, and they just wait overpaid Mike and, Williams, and Gerald Everett. Like you guys got to be kidding me! Like you guys finally get everything together, and now you're oh yeah we got, well got to chop it. Yeah, like 
Justin Herbert's not a good quarterback without Keenan Allen. You you saw it this year when one or both of his two weapons missed. He just he wasn't he wasn't the same. Like the offense wasn't the same. Not him as a quarterback. He was still very good, but the offense as a whole. I mean, you only can do so much when you just have Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Joshua Palmer. Yeah, you no, know? I, I you're definitely wrong on that. <laughs> but I mean, I. I I think they can do it without Keenan Allen, but you know, I would love to see it done with Keenan Allen. I think a whole lot better solution to this whole uh cap room trouble is getting rid of Joey Bosa, you know, getting rid of him, trading him away for, you know, two or three top tier picks, maybe even somebody another edge rusher, whatever it is. You know, get his contract out of here. He's always injured. He's got a big ego. You know, he threw a tantrum in the in the game, um, you know, that, I mean, over a blown call, yes, but, you know, it, he's just, he's been hit and miss for us. I'm not sure he's, you know, worth all the money that we're paying him. You know, we can, there's a lot of big names out there that we can go and either sign or draft, you know, that could fill that position and, you know, give us a lot more capital back, secure another O-lineman in the draft or. So are you, as a fan, as kind of looking at this from your perspective, are you happy with a wide receiver duo of Mike Williams, who is on and off the field, uh, Joshua Palmer, and um, I don't know, give me a third name here. Who is a third name for that group? Uh, I'm not sure with all the – there's a lot of free agency stuff happening, but – who we have there now it's Palmer it's Johnson it's Williams yeah Palmer Williams um yeah because right now there's Allen oh DeAndre Carter that's what I was Guyton oh yeah yeah so Williams Palmer yeah Williams Palmer Guyton Carter does the talent of Justin Herbert with that group give you enough faith that with between Justin Herbert, the running game duo of uh, let's assume Joshua Kelly or not, no, sorry, Austin Eckler and Isaiah Spiller as the one, two backs next year. And then those four, and let's say they don't re-sign Gerald Everett, but you still have uh, Donald Parham. And Stone, uh, Stone Smartle. Um, does that offense group? Does that give you enough hope in the offense to be able to consistently move the ball with Kellen Moore? Mm, I mean, <laughs> it definitely looks a lot better when you add Keenan Allen into it. But yeah. you know, it's they definitely did play all right. You know, they played okay without. Uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you know, and the, in the games where we had just only Mike Williams and, you know, just only Keenan Allen, you know, one of the two weapons is, is good enough to keep us competitive. But I think to set us over that hump, we definitely need both. Yeah, no, I agree. I think a successful team has to have that one, two punch of receivers. I mean, you see it with, I mean, the Chiefs have so many weapons. MVS, Juju, 
um, Sky Moore, Zaya Pacheco. Like they're just these have really really good weapons. I mean, I think that's very similar to what the Chiefs, not the Chiefs, the Chargers could be looking at next year is a really good quarterback, a really good running back, and then just some other really good options. You have great, great, and then you have really good, solid, you know, so it's up to, it's really going to fall on Herbert to elevate to that level to make these guys better. And I think Kellen Moore helps. I think Kellen Moore is the X factor here as an OC being able to draw new things up, unlock, you know, a 5'8", DeAndre Carter, unlock Mike Williams to keep him healthy and on the field, unlock Guy in and Palmer to just be really solid complementary options to open that up for Mike Williams to do what he does best and just take the top off the defense. So, Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, there's a lot of, of – uh different factors that can play into this, you know, even the draft, you know, depending on how we draft. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely hopeful, you know, Justin Herbert's got a lot of upside. Uh, our O-line is looking great. If everyone can stay healthy. Oh yeah. Um, no, definitely. Hit on good. so many young guys, you know, we have Salyer, we have uh, Zion Williamson, Slater coming back from injury, you know, with the, bolstering of that O-line, I really think he's going to flourish under uh, Kellen Moore's uh, direction. 100%. No, I think Kellen Moore really helps unlock Justin Herbert as a quarterback, and then it helps just the rest of the roster after that offensively kind of just be great. Um, Kellen Moore and Brad Staley combined, I think that's <laughs> that's a combo you hope for. That's a great combo. Um you know, let's end here. Let's end here on this uh, for for this episode. Uh, give me your way too early uh, Super Bowl pick for next year. San Diego Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'm honestly, man. I I I hate to say it, but I could I could see a repeat, or you know, maybe a, a Chiefs. 49ers, you know, if they can pull it off, or a Chiefs. I definitely think the Chiefs win the AFC again. Yeah. They're just so strong, man. I, I, think, I, it's, mean, I think it's Chiefs-Bengals. You know, it's going to play out to where it ends up Chiefs-Bengals for a long time. Yeah, I mean, and it's so unfortunate because I feel like Josh Allen just gets such a bad, a bad, you know, deal, deal of cards. Yeah. He definitely had a step back this year, you know, through a lot more picks, wasn't as sound offensively. Yeah. Try to force a lot of things. That's the team out of all teams in the NFL that needs a number two. That if Keenan Allen gets cut or Mike Evans becomes available via trade or, you know, any of these solid guys who can just be a number two just beast next to Stefan Diggs, that's it has to be the their number one priority. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a lot of great great football to be had next year, and I so look forward to this off season and seeing you know all the transactions that happen and you know what what can be you know there's a lot of a lot of potential. Very excited. Yeah, no, and some of the names that are out there that are going to be free agents this year, the top ten right now: uh, Juju, uh, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard. DJ Chark, Darius Slayton, McCole Hardman, Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones. Uh, so the Jaguars are losing 
uh, Marvin Jones, which is fine because they get Calvin Ridley, so you upgrade. Um, Paris Campbell, the Colt, and then Noah Brown of the uh, Cowboys are the top 10 free agents as of this moment. Uh, Juju's the headliner there. I can't see Juju not going back to the Chiefs on another uh, low-end deal and just being just there just to win because I think he got a taste now. He's going to be like, eh. Yeah, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna stay. Yeah, there's this this off season and this whole free agency period coming up is gonna be wild. There's a lot of very good talent that is on the move. No, I think there's gonna be plenty of this defensive talent. I'm excited. The off season is always fun. Free agency fun. His drafts is fun. Um, so yeah, we can we can wrap up there. Uh, thanks you everybody for listening. We appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Ball Boy Talk. Hope you're enjoying some of our unhinged takes. Uh, if we're wrong, let us know. Uh, hit the comments. Hit us up on the blog. Um, hit us everywhere so we know that we're wrong and our opinions were awful. Our takes are bad. Or if you like our takes, you like our opinions, um, do the same thing. Because obviously it's going to be um, great that you agree with us. And obviously we're appeasing the masses. Aaron, anything you want to hit the listeners with before we head on out? Uh yeah, you know, go go ahead and and you know hit the hit the comments and and let us know who you think is on the move or who you think is the biggest biggest transaction to come this off season. You know, let us know what you guys think. Agreed, and also let us know who you want your team to sign or to get rid of this off season. Uh, there was a lot of NFL talk. Unfortunately, we ran out of time. We weren't able to talk about the controversial uh, decision in the UFC yesterday. Uh, that Aaron is apparently over today, but he's still talking about it. Volkanovski won that fight. <laughs> I don't care you know, I, how you score it, yes. how you look at it. Volkanovski won that fight. We're going to end it on that. <laughs> <laughs> Not over it, people. Until next time. I'm over it. I'm over it.